So welcome along to this week's Life Off The Stage. Now this was a really special episode. Rather than focusing on the guests, we had an appetite to come in to talk about this. But we had a subject that we were talking about this week, and it's a subject about the menopause, something that affects absolutely everybody, not just the ladies, of course. So we spoke about it for nearly two hours today on my Radio Bath show. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. It's Richard Burleson here until midday today. There's celebration and cool and the gang. So really special show for you today. I've been excited about this. I do lots and lots of research whenever I interview anybody. Uh, I don't think I've ever done quite so much research as I've done for today. So today's topic is all about the menopause. And I have the lovely Annette Petit in here to chat about it. Good morning, Annette. Good morning, Richard. And how are you today? I'm feeling great, actually. You're feeling great. That's all good, which is nice. Um, now, very quickly, I'd like to point out that neither myself or Annette are medical experts. Is that correct, Annette? 100% correct, Richard. And the whole point of today is that it's kind of two friends talking about the menopause, a man and a lady, because often ladies talk about it, and men have very little idea about it. So a man and a lady talking about the menopause live on radio. And what we'd really love today is any questions that you have. So I've put a Facebook post out on my on my personal po- profile and also on Radio Bath. So Richard Boversan, if you want to find out about that. Or if you want to email in at studio at Radio Bath, and we can find out any questions that you have that we can talk about. Now, obviously, we're not going to give any medical advice at all today. That goes without saying. Um, But first of all, we're going to find out about Annette's story. So today, just to let you know, we're kind of going to go what the myths are, what the symptoms are, what some of the theoretical solutions are. And I've also already got quite a few stories from people as well. So, But first of all, Annette, tell us about your menopause story. Right. Well, I've recently started my uh, 50th year. So I uh, became perimenopausal. That is the transition between having hormones to not having hormones. I started that, I think, around 42, 43. And I've been in what would one consider full menopause for around two years. And did you know at the age of 42 you were perimenopausal? No idea. No idea. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, you live with your hormones all your life, and it turns out they do some pretty spectacular things in your body. Um, and yeah, things just started going a bit wonky and a bit haywire. You know, obvious things like didn't have regular menstrual periods, um, starting to feel a bit sort of hot and flustered and up and down, but nothing, nothing terrible, just different. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of the myths later on because. Um, I say in all the research I've been doing, I've been flabbergasted at all of the different things that people think about the menopause. And I was chatting to somebody very recently about uh, how much I personally knew knew about the menopause myself. So I'm 48, and I would say five years ago, I knew the word, and that was about it. So I think think that's probably the same for a lot of people, men and women. You know, five years ago, menopause, I don't think, was a topic that was widely discussed. I mean, it's fantastic that recently there's been so much more talk. Yeah, good old Davina McCall has done a lot of work for this, hasn't she? She has, her and a few others, but yeah, she's obviously a very high-profile speaker. She is indeed. So at the age of 42, so what type of symptoms do you think you started having in your perimenopausal stage then? I mean, overall, I can't say that my symptoms have been very um, sort of intense. So all the way through my perimenopause and my menopause pathway, um, I wouldn't have said I suffered. I, I have friends that I would consider are suffering. Um, so I'm not, you know, but 
it's just that it's just change isn't it it's change in your body change in in the way it works and it turns out that it i think speaking completely unmedically uh hormones do way more than i thought they did (laughs) (laughs) it is an incredible thing about how much they do and i say all the research that goes on at the moment about menopause and everything else that goes along with it is far greater than it ever used to be yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's definitely changed quite dramatically. Um, so, yeah, I've got a, a uh, an official diagnosis of what menopause and perimenopause is. Okay, so menopause is a natural process that marks the end of a woman's reproductive years. It occurs when the ovaries stop producing eggs and the levels of hormones such as estrogen and progesterone. I'll say that probably next time. Decline. The symptoms of menopause can vary from woman to woman. The bit they don't put in there is about testosterone as well, which I know is quite a hot topic at the moment. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there are three. Actually, there are many hormones, but I think these three are the sex hormones, the progesterone, estrogen and testosterone. And women also produce testosterone. Yeah, which lots of people think testosterone is a male hormone. Um, but I, I've read recently that women actually produce more, i try and get this right, women produce more testosterone than they do estrogen. Yeah, I think um, I, I w- actually wouldn't know about that. It's, um, it's quite an amazing thing, but it's, you kind of think of testosterone as like bodybuilding and, you know, for the men. But actually ladies have it not quite to the same levels as men, but uh, ladies definitely do have it as well. Yeah, well, I, I uh, use hormone replacement therapy and I replace all three hormones and I replace the testosterone as well because it sort of just made sense to me if I'm going to replace my hormones that I would do all three Um, and uh, I use a sachet that would typically be given to replace male hormones so and the sachet whatever size that is I use one tenth of that sachet per day so we're a, a male or a man would use one whole sachet i use one tenth of the sachet so that's probably equivalent to what my body would have produced versus a man's production of testosterone okay now during the uh davina mccall documentary i know the nhs took quite a battering about it um they didn't come across very well and lots of doctors were classed as being having no idea about it at all so what was kind of your experience with that or did you do anything different uh with um you know i think First and foremost, we do need to remember that GPs are general practitioners. Uh, I am an accountant and I consider myself to be a GP of the accountancy world. I know a lot about a lot. uh, I know quite a lot about a lot of taxes, but I'm not a specialist in any one area. So if I want to to get some specific advice or some really good quality advice, I'm going to go to a specialist, i.e. a heart surgeon or a lung surgeon, somebody who really knows their topic. So a GP, I wouldn't have the expectation that the GP is going to be an expert in the subject, specific subject of menopause. So what did you personally do then? Well, I had a lot of questions. Um, I fortunately had some friends who were quite well read and knowledgeable, so I picked their brains to start with. I realised probably, you know, probably, I I just said a bit later on that I was menopausal. Uh, I, you know, I was probably 46, 47 before I kind of clicked. So that's five years of having symptoms and doing nothing about it. Yeah, the penny took quite a long time to drop, actually. I was like, oh, that's what that is. And do you think at any point you were in denial of it? Not in denial, just I guess you're busy and you're running around, you don't really think about it. And then all of a sudden you realise, oh, yeah, this is 
all going really wonky or weird or you know it's just not how it used to be i've heard the phrase quite a lot that ladies just feel off yeah not quite themselves yeah not quite themselves and that's like a gradual process as well i'd agree with that i think that's that has been the sort of biggest thing for me is realizing once i started um hrt my hormone replacement how how much more like me i felt again Hmm. yeah and uh, and again i've in all the research i've been doing that's kind of the main thing that i've seen now you know later on we'll talk about the fact that not everybody can have hrt yeah um i've got some amazing stories from people that uh it's not possible for them to do that and they've done other things as well absolutely yeah um but uh so yeah so you couldn't your gp wasn't massively helpful i'm guessing uh, and i know uh, that's actually i wouldn't say that um okay. after the penny eventually dropped and i started thinking well hang on a minute um even at GCSE Science, my science teacher told me that basically my hormones were responsible for most of the messaging systems in my body. And okay, I don't need them for reproductive purposes, but the question for me was what else do they do? And when you read through the list of symptoms that might be part of a menopause journey, uh, it's clear that they're not just the sex hormones, they're not just there for reproductive purposes, because otherwise, you know, why would it have such a large impact on so many things that are happening in my body? So uh, for me, it was kind of like, okay, what what is this? I'm, I'm... I love, you know, if there's any problems in my life, I can't fix my car or whatever it is. The first thing I turn to is research. I look it up in a book. I start reading. I ask people. Obviously, these days you've got the Internet. So for me, it was, okay. let's learn about actually what's happening. Uh, You know, what does this mean? So I started talking to some friends first. Then I started reading. I watched the Davina McCall. Eventually, sort of the Davina McCall things came out on TV. I sort of looked at those. There's some really sort of high-profile menopause specialists in the UK um, that have got loads of brilliant information that's available on the internet. Um, So I started researching all of that, and it quite quickly became apparent to me that it wasn't just a question of my reproductive systems, which, quite frankly, I don't need anymore. I've had two beautiful children. Um, So uh, it was definitely, for me, about my long-term health it just strike, strikes me that when I was a kid, my grandma was old at 60. I'm 50. I'm not going to be old at 60. Uh, I'm, I've got a life expectancy, let's say, of 90, 92, something like that. So, And I'm like 45, so I'm only halfway through my life. And yet the key hormones that I learned in GCSE science make my body work are going. Mm. And I hang on a minute. I want to look into that, you know. I want to understand a little bit more about what the last 45, 50 years of my life are going to look like. Yeah, and, you know, uh, the body isn't going to catch up with uh, the changes that we have regarding our life expectancy. I say it used to be that people didn't live much past 60. So therefore, you know, living without the hormones for a short period of your life wasn't much of a problem. As you say, you're only halfway through. So why would you live without those hormones, I suppose, is the question. That, and that's sort of where I was at. And I don't know if it's, I, like I have absolutely no statistical data on how quickly life expectancy has increased. But in my little head, when I was a kid, you were a grandma and you were old at 60 something. 
and now I have expectations of living till I'm 90, which is 30 years. Mm. And so for me, it seems, I don't know, has medical science? <laughs> I think it has. I don't know. But, you know, I I, uh, I just sort of got to the point where, yeah, I'm expecting to live till I'm 80 or 90, God willing. Uh, and... Yeah, if I'm going to do that number of years without hormones that clearly do a lot more than just reproduce babies, um, I want to know. I want to find out about it. And obviously, you've then gone on to HRT, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. Um, you mentioned a minute ago symptoms. We can have a quick break from music, and uh, then we're going to come back and talk about what some of the classic symptoms are of perimenopause and menopause as well. So we'll be right back after this. It might seem crazy. just going to try and play happy music today i think three little birds bob marley and the whalers and then happy bye pharrell williams if you've got any happy tracks of course please do feel free studio at radiobath.com but yeah really looking for your stories or any questions that you have and say if you message in at studio at radiobath.com or my personal profile richard Beauvoisin, which is really easy to spell starts the same as beautiful that's all you need to do and then it i promise you it does come up and uh, there's a post on my personal profile please pop your questions on there as well so we're back with annette we're going to talk about symptoms now annette always that fun part and lots of people don't recognize what the symptoms are so remind us again what kind of what your symptoms were and how you dealt with it yeah like i said um i i wasn't suffering and i didn't even really realize i had symptoms i mean the obvious one my periods were changing uh they were sort of very infrequent very light very heavy uh go for months without one then all of a sudden I'd get a rash of two or three in a quick succession that was very irritating and very annoying Um, but apart from that I sort of thought that I wasn't really suffering any other symptoms I was thinking yeah yeah you know this is cool Um, I started doing my research about what hormones were because I was sort of starting to think about the bigger picture I did pop down to my GP and had a quick chat with them I wouldn't have said they were overly enthusiastic um, but they gave me a bit of information but in the 10 minutes I had with them it's pretty in and out and at that point it was probably quite early in my pathway to finding out about um, menopause yeah so other I mean you've got the classic symptoms the hot flushes okay and the night sweats that that's kind of like lots of people think if my periods aren't are still regular and I'm not having hot flushes, that's it. I can't be perimenopausal. Absolutely, I, I hear that quite a lot. And then I hear and then I hear them list off a whole load of other, you know, <laughs> just chatting between friends. I hear them list off a whole load of other things: aching joints, brain fog, anxiety. You know, I'm just sitting there thinking, hello, <laughs> they're key menopause symptoms. And lots of people don't realise that, though, do they? They're just thinking, I'm just getting slightly older, so therefore that must be it. So I've got a list here of physical symptoms. Okay, now, one of the things that, again, in my research that I've done, it just said it is not a game of menopause bingo. And it's not the scenario of unless you get full house, you're not menopausal. Okay, so I'm going to read some of these out. So hot flush, night, night sweats, weight issues. Again, I've heard lots of ladies talking about the fact that rather than the weight going on the bottom and the thighs, which is where it often goes, kind of goes around the tummy area. I don't know if that's kind of where you had it. Absolutely, yeah. Overnight, the way you sort of put on weight and lose weight changes. And uh, yeah, just sort of your body changes. Your body changes shape and 
Yeah. And of course, as I've, I'm going to say this on every single time we're talking, by the way, neither myself or Annette are medical experts in any way. We're simply having a chat about the menopause live on the radio. So if you have any questions, obviously go and see a medical expert for any of these. OK, um, so other ones here. Headaches. I mean, lots of people get headaches. Why would you think it's a menopause? Exactly. Okay. Uh, low libido. That's always a fun one. So, uh, so yeah. And again, I was reading about testosterone. And apparently the, uh, the only reason you can get testosterone on the NHS is if you've got a low libido. And the classic thing was that was written by a man. Yeah. <laughs> Not saying anything else about that. Fatigue. Here's a good one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fatigue. Clumsiness. Palpitations. Aching joints and pains. And then breast changes. So, yeah, I mean, they're all the physical ones. Yeah, because um, yeah, you, you've not mentioned there things like anxiety. and Oh, that's in the mental side of it. We oh, haven't even got to that okay. yet. Yeah, oh, there's wait. so many more symptoms. Yeah. So mental-wise, reduced concentration. Absolutely. Reduced confidence. And again, looking at lo- lots of things. Lots of ladies in their mid-40s, for instance, the, the, the phrase that was given is kind of broken through the glass ceiling. You've got to boardroom level. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your confidence just drains away. Yeah. I don't know if that's something you've experienced yourself. I, I think, you know, that's probably one of the things that got me was that, you know, not, not, you know, not to blow my own trumpet, but I'm, I'm the sort of like, go get them. Like, I'm like smashing it. At least I think I am anyway. But <laughs> You are. You are. I know you very well. <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, um, I can't. I'm not smashing it quite as much as I used to. You know, my memory used to be so sharp and I'd be on it and somebody asked me a question, I'd be like, yeah, you remember. And all of a sudden I was having things like social anxiety because I couldn't remember names of people that I absolutely should know their names. And you know that you're going to be faced in five minutes with that situation where you're going to introduce your friend or your partner to your other friend and you can't remember their name. And you're like, oh, my God, panic. Um so yeah and sort of at work I think noticeably uh, and I speak to a lot of my clients and as female clients uh, and they say very similar things that you know they're finding that they're having to prepare for meetings much much more than they used to they can't go in and just kind of yeah you know come up with the answers and the conversations they absolutely in order to feel the confidence they have to do much more preparation work and really focus and concentrate on that meeting whereas before now they would have taken it into their stride they'd have just walked into the room and gone hey yeah i can do this yeah and then of course that kind of leads into the anxiety which you mentioned before and panic and lots of people will go am i anxious because i'm not prepared or am i anxious because i'm just anxious yeah you start sort of th- you start doubting yourself, I think, and then of course that leads into depression and low mood. Yep, which is always good fun. Brain fog. I've heard that mentioned a huge amount of times. Um, I don't know if you've experienced brain fog yourself. I have. I didn't realise until I started replacing my hormones that I had brain fog. So tell tell me more about brain fog. So I, I like I said, I didn't really think I had many menopause symptoms apart from the obvious ones where my periods were fluctuating. But I, I looked at the research, I spoke to my GP, I then decided that I had a whole list of questions uh, and I was looking at the sort of the long-term health benefits that were coming up in terms of your kind of your vascular health, your osteoporosis health, your mental health. My dad suffers from Alzheimer's, so that was sort of a key topic for me, finding out a bit more about what can I do to help look after myself so that I can 
if if not prevent these things, minimize them and manage them. So, you know, if if Alzheimer's is on the cards for me, what can I be doing now that's going to assist my future health? Because I think we have to be responsible for our own health and you know, yeah, we've got the NHS and we've got the GPs and that's a fantastic resource, but actually it's our body and we have to take responsibility for it and do whatever we can to lead our healthiest and best life. So for me, it was really about that big health picture. I then decided that I wanted some expert help. So I paid to go privately to see a menopause specialist. Uh, I assigned £500 of budget uh, to that process um, you know uh, in my career I guess I, I go to specialists for help for specific pieces of advice so it was just a natural flow for me to go to a menopause specialist um, and so within my £500 budget and I feel very fortunate to have the money to be a, a, a able to make that choice I understand that not everybody in the UK has that uh, you know, uh, spendable money. Um, you know, I sacrificed some other things so that I could save the five hundred pounds. But for me, five hundred pounds for my future health and for the health of me, so that I'm still a mother to my children, um, I thought was not an expensive cost. You know, so uh, yeah, I had my I had an hour first of all face to face with a menopause specialist, um, and I went through all my questions, all my queries. Uh, went through all the research about the cancer breast cancer my mum's had breast cancer so that was a particular concern for me um, and then at the end of that process I did decide to use the hormone replacement therapy and as soon as I started on my HRT replacement therapy um, the the symptoms started to become clear to me that I was suffering and one of the first things, I, you know, it takes a few weeks, stroke months for the HIT to start taking an effect. Um, uh, but within sort of weeks and months, I realised that the brain fog had lifted. So it's like I wasn't thinking through cotton wool anymore. Things were coming straight to my brain. I love a quiz night. Who doesn't love a quiz night? Uh, and I'd got to the point where I was like, Yuck, yeah, the answers were in the back of the brain. They just wouldn't come out in time to answer the quiz question. Where as soon as I started my HRT, I went to a few quizzes and I was on fire. Like the answers were coming straight to my brain. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm on fire today. And then I realized, actually, this is probably the brain fog. That sounds amazing. And again, if anybody has... Of course, any of these symptoms and you recognise them, please go and see your GP first. Um, yeah. We cannot say that enough. It's you know, yes, it's amazing to go private. As you say, not everybody can go private. Yeah. Um, but yes, go and see your GP. GP is getting much more educated about this now, so that is always your first port of call. Um, the next two on this, thank you. That, that sounded amazing, by the way, Annette. And um, I'm listening to that, and I'm like, I just want to help people, kind of recognise all of these things. So, uh, so really, thank you for your honesty in this. Um, the last two parts, I think, is, you know, we'll come on to menopause and men later because um, everybody thinks, oh, it's, it's just a lady's problem. Um, but no, it's, it's men as well. But we'll come on to that. But this part, is, I think, is probably more amazing for men or partners. And that is mood swings and irritability. Mm. <laughs> I'm very fortunate in my life in that my mood swings are just annoyingly constant. So I'm just always let's say happy as we've got the happy theme on our music this morning um, um, I think I'm probably very irritating to live with because I don't really have high or very low moods 
very often, often, <laughs> do occasionally. Um, yeah, so mood swings actually were okay for me. It's not something I suffered during um, my sort of premenstrual cycle, and it's not something that I really um, came across during menopause. The thing that did surprise me um, during menopause was I would have said I didn't suffer from hot sweats or uh, f- hot flushes, night sweats. I had a f- few, a couple, two or three, but actually when I started my HRT and started replacing that, that was one thing that made a massive difference was it turns out that I was regulating my body temperature during the night by way of exiting limbs from the duvet. So it was like the hokey pokey all night long. Legs out, legs in. Arms out, arms in. Leg arm out, leg arm in. Like constant shifting of limbs in and out of the bedding so that I could regulate my own temperature. And it turns out I wasn't sleeping very well because I was doing all this hokey pokey. Uh, And as soon as I started, I think it's the progesterone that helps with that side of things. As soon as I started the progesterone, I was literally sleeping like a baby. No shifting around at the night. Go to bed, put my head down on the pillow, sleep all the way through, wake up in the morning feeling refreshed. It's so good. It's, it looks amazing. Just if, if you haven't worked out, by the way, and that's from New Zealand. I'm just realising the way you're saying baby and everything was coming across. It was uh, all of a sudden was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't even want to think how it was coming across. It's sounding it's sounding amazing. But, uh, yeah, you've lived in this country for a long time. But, uh, but it's just been back to New Zealand. So her accent's gone back to being strong again. I've known that for a long, long time. Uh, last part on symptoms. Then we're going to have a quick break for music is, is of course, down there, that area as well. Um and lots of lots of ladies can you know get concerned about it being much drier than it used to be, um, and other problems as well. Um, I'm not going to ask you to publicly say how <laughs> it was down there, but obviously, kind of let's say being irregular or heavy or clots or anything like that, it's it's quite difficult, and people don't often talk about it. Oh, of course, they don't. It's just a sort of a really private topic, I guess. Um, yeah, sort of vaginal dryness, changing periods. You know that that I think that was what got me was the changing period you know talk about some you know clotting I mean you just don't know what's going on and it catches you unawares as well because the regularity of your can often go so then all of a sudden you're faced with something you weren't expecting like a really really heavy period when you're in the middle of bath shopping Lovely. Mm. It's just what you want. Just what you want. Well, we're going to have a very quick break for music. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the myths of the menopause and uh, see some of these true and sometimes not quite so true stories. So we'll be back after this. There's Katrina in the waves and walking on sunshine. Richard Boverson here until midday today. I'm talking to Annette Petit today and we're talking all about the menopause. It's a topic that is now much more in the news than it ever was before, of course. Uh, but, you know, still, we I'm just speaking to Annette off air. We're talking about the fact that uh, quite often it's the celebrities that are talking about it where... You know, we're local radio and we're now talking about it, which is a fantastic thing. So we're going to talk about myths. If you do have any questions, studioradiobath.com is the place to do it or message me on my private, on my personal Facebook post, which is Richard Beauvoisin, spelled B-E-A-U-V-O-I-S-I-N, if you want to do that as well. So here's our, we're just going to race through these very quickly, okay? So myth number one, the menopause happens suddenly. Uh, No, it doesn't. And also the other part about that is that menopause only affects older women, 
No. I, I've got friends who are in their late 30s who are definitely starting perimenopause. Yeah, and I think it's one in a hundred are before 40 and one in a thousand are before 30. I would question those statistics. I think that that's because there's just a lack of knowledge in, in the UK population. Yeah. I would, my personal experience is that I've got plenty of friends in their late 30s that are starting perimenopause. Okay, so again, whatever age you are, if you're getting any of the symptoms, and of course, please do go and see your doctors if need be um, to get your first approach about that. We are not medical experts. Um, myth number three, the big one this, I think, menopause means the end of sexual activity... I don't think that's true either. <laughs> uh, you know, that's all a personal journey, isn't it? But um, yeah, obviously, menopause and sexual activity are not connected. Obviously, low libido, if that's one of the things that affects you, is going to have an impact impact on your sex life. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the end of it all. No, and I suppose if you have dryness down that area, it's going to make it less appealing to you as well. Yeah, there are other things you can do to help with that. Okay, hormone therapy or hormone replacement therapy, HRT, is the only treatment for menopause symptoms. Not correct. There are many different ways you can approach your journey to menopause. Yeah, and we've got some stories going to come up in uh, shortly. And uh, we'll be talking about the options that you have. And again, these are just options that are open from the uh, from the website that are all official ones. Uh, they're not ours. I'd like to point that out as well. Uh, weight gain during menopause is inevitable. Well, uh, I think I think that probably is slightly more true in that I think it's probably pretty common that during menopause with the changes of the hormones, weight gain is definitely one of the key, key symptoms that most uh, people get. Uh, what I would say is if you are able to manage your hormones by whatever method you choose, uh, I think that that puts you in a better psychological state to then do things about your weight gain. So like HRT is not going to help you necessarily lose weight but it makes you feel great so then you're going to be much more invested in doing exercise and eating well and losing weight if you wish to do so absolutely Uh, menopause leads to memory loss and cognitive decline well that is true because the hormones it turns out in my opinion I don't even know if that's a medical thing but they clearly have some impact on how your brain works because otherwise why would we get brain fog and all of these other things which are definitely happening and can in conjunction with menopause so um, again manage your hormones. Now we're going to come on to one of the big ones um, and this is the menopause HRT and cancer okay and breast cancer now many years ago over 20 years ago now there was a report that came out that meant that uh, take HRT much higher risk a 20% increase risk of breast cancer was the official title that came out Um, I was looking into this and uh, they simply recorded the facts incorrectly regarding the statistics of that Um, so yeah I don't know if you know much about this or not Annette I did look into that piece of research that was done. I mean, for my mum had breast cancer, fortunately survived it. Um, so that was a concern for me. Um, but I think, you know, the study was done on a very limited number of people. I believe the age group of the women that they did the study on, they were already in their 60s, well past menopause. And there were a num- number of other factors that perhaps meant that the study wasn't 
as good as it could have been. No, and the actual statistics that they gave, and I'll, I'll try and do the maths on this, and account- accountants are pretty good at maths normally, um, but the 20% extra came from the fact... So I've got the official document here, OK? So uh, every 1,000 th- ladies aged between 50 and 59, OK, there are approximately 23 cases of breast cancer diagnosed in the UK general population, OK? An additional four cases on HRT were recognized in the old ways of doing it okay it's actually much better now there are different ways of doing it to reduce that as well so that's where they got the four the 20 percent extra because it was four on 23 right. where it should have been four on a thousand which is 0. 0.4 yeah so that's actually what the actual statistics should have been but they raised it up as being 20 percent which sounds like a massive figure absolutely but let's have a quick look at some of the other ones on this so um so actually in hrt four fewer cases per thousand ladies if you are on hrt um an additional five cases if you drink two or more units of alcohol per day four cases if you take the pill three cases who are if you smoke if your bmi is greater than 30 an additional 24 cases there are so many other fa- they they really identify just sort of one thing when yeah. actually there are so many other factors like if you drink one glass of red wine red wine a week you're increasing your risk of cancer yeah so it's by more like, than the HRT. <laughs> yeah, and here's the bottom one, which again, in one of the stories, this definitely comes to f- case as well. So seven fewer cases in women who take at least two and a half hours of moderate moderate exercise per week. Yeah. So doing two and a half hours of exercise a week reduces your chance of breast cancer. Yeah. So uh, there, there are amazing things. Um, so you know, as always with all of this. Look at the facts. Don't just think about it, you know, kind of like these are the old wives' tales that have been out for many, many years. Yeah, I think, you know, med- medical science changes quite quickly. That that study was done, I think, in the 90s. Um, and uh, But, you know, we're now in the 2020s uh, and the uh, HRT replacement and other therapies that are available to help you manage your hormones are vastly um, advanced now. And the hormone replacement that I'm taking is body identical yeah very natural and again with the body identical ones apparently it's zero to one chance of increase i mean if i'm gonna worry about taking hrt i'll have to stop drinking red wine and that that's not going to happen is it let's face it so what is your favorite red wine it's not the quick fire round yet uh, (laughs) all red wine all red wine as long as it's red she will drink it well we're gonna have another little break for music uh when we come back we've got some of what theoretically some of the solutions will be this is radio bath Desperate to sing along. Now, last week on my show, I did have the lovely Mary Kite, and she was. We had the quick fire round at the very end. I'm not going to give Annette the uh, the answer to this, but uh, but she ended up doing some karaoke. If you haven't listened back to that yet, Life Off the Stage is the podcast. If you want to listen back to any of the Radio Bath shows on there as well. Now, very quickly, Annette, we mentioned before about you went private. Are you are you still going private? No, uh, I, I I saw the specialist. I had an hour with them. I asked them I asked them loads of questions and came back armed with lots of information. I then um, decided that I was going to use the hormone replacement therapy, and I think I had another sort of um, radio uh, telephone 
session with that menopause specialist. I then wrote to my GP and explained to them that I'd started using the estrogen and the progesterone and that I was um, finding really good results on that and feeling really awesome and asked my GP if they would take over that prescription and they were super helpful and didn't hesitate to, to provide me with my ongoing prescriptions for estrogen and progesterone. That's amazing. And I know if you if you don't have the funds to go private, uh, there is an app that you can actually get called the Balance app as yeah. well. Uh, the Balance app, literally you put in all your symptoms and then it produces you a medical report you can take to the doctors as well. That app is absolutely fantastic. I think it's Dr. Louise Nielsen. Nielsen? Yeah, she's a, a UK medical expert and she's done loads of menopause information. So, uh, so that's an absolutely fantastic way. So you can either go private and then the GP or simply the balance app and then go straight to your GP as well. Yeah, exactly. I think the GPs are way more, uh, they're, they're starting to understand the benefits that it can have in people's general health and their lives. No, that's absolutely fantastic. Now, when we come back after the break, after the news, we're going to talk about some stories. So people have messaged in some stories about their own personal journey and about how they feel about it. And we're going to read some of these out. Some of them are quite emotional, if I'm honest with you. Uh, if you do have any stories that you want me to read out, you can stay anonymous. That's absolutely fine. Uh, studio at com, or you can mess me up my, on my private Facebook page as well. But we'll be back after this. Haven't heard that song in a long time. Might be a while till I hear it again. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Sensible and Happy Talk. So we're back with our second hour. Annette is still here. We're talking about the menopause. If you do want to get any questions in or any stories, then it's studio at radiobath.com is the best way to do it. OK, now we've got a few stories that we've already had. OK, and I'm going to try and read out some of them for you. Before I do that, though, I'm going to close the window because I can hear it. We love being on the lower Bristol Road. However, the noise is, traffic is quite a lot. So, uh, so yeah, let's turn that up. Right. Now, we had a few messages in. I put a post about a week ago onto Facebook. And uh, lots of people put little suggestions on there as well or their own personal stories. So, uh, so, and I wanted to read some of these out for you. If you have any, please do feel free. Again, on my personal post, you've still got time to put them on there. So Susanna said, well done for highlighting and opening a discussion. Many women are out there suffering in silence. Is that what you're feeling at? Yeah, I do, actually. I think um, people say all the time, you know, I was, I was out um, actually at the circus in Bristol the other night, a fantastic uh, no-fit state circus, I think they're called, absolutely fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, my friends were talking about, or I heard some overheard some people talking about having itchy arms, restless arms that was preventing them from sleeping. And straight away in my head I'm thinking, menopause symptom? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, obviously I'm not going to brace break that with a complete stranger but no and it's really difficult isn't it because if you have some knowledge about it and you've obviously done the research and and as have i and i hear people talking about it, i'm like go and see a gp yeah <laughs> um and i kind of want to say that but as always with anybody if you say about it too much then they're going to put the barriers up and and not then want to talk about it even more yeah and i think i think because menopause starts so slowly and so quietly and creeps up on you you don't necessarily go and see the gp early enough or early in your pathway and i know a lot of ladies and we're going to talk about the possible solutions uh, shortly as well but a lot of ladies kind of have the process of i'll wait until i'm on my knees until i go and sort it out because i can deal with these symptoms for now yeah i don't really get that 
myself. But for me, it's not just about dealing with the symptoms. It is about the bigger health picture around your hormones and the fact that they are going. Yeah, and we're, we're actually going to talk as well later on about menopause and, and men or partners because it's not just you that it affects or children or anybody because it's not just you that it's affecting, of course. But we'll come on to that a little bit later. Now, Marie on Facebook said, at 46, I try to eat a balanced, healthy diet rich in natural estrogen and stay away from hormone disruptors like plastics, particularly heating and freezing things in them. I take some supplements from time to time, but someday I might need HRT an exclamation mark as well what's your thoughts on that yeah i think you know there are so many different ways you can manage your hormones and that i personally yes i'm using hormone replacement therapy but i am also using weight bearing exercise regular aerobic exercise such as dancing <laughs> love it um walking outside in the countryside um i do focus on foods that are going to help me balance my hormones there's so it's a it's a holistic approach that's needed there's no one answer absolutely no one answer lucy on facebook said after a not a great few months she, she put a swear word in there after not a great few months i'm loving my hrt i know a few ladies that are feeling better too and then in brackets i know it doesn't work for all good luck with everybody so that's, that's yeah one of those success stories, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. When you, when you, you know, I, I guess, you know, I know how great it makes me feel. It really does. So I, I'm not coming off at any time soon because I've got the old me back and I'm not letting go of that. And that's another myth, isn't it? That you kind of have to only be on it for a certain amount of time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the current recommendation is sort of do a 10-year replacement, but I just wonder whether or not that will actually change by the time I get towards the end of my 10 years. Yeah, because not too many um, studies have been done on the long-term feeling of it. And No, yeah. they, I don't think they have, but I think at this point in time, I will. It, it'll be like my driving licence. You'll have to tear it off me. <laughs> I've heard that phrase said a few times. Uh, you'll have to tear it out of my hands yeah. on my deathbed. Yeah. So uh, You're so, yeah. not taking my hormones away from me and you're not taking my driving licence away from me, just so we're clear on that. OK, I, I don't think I'm empowered to do either of those things, Annette, <laughs> just to let you know. Uh, deeper, Dr Louise Newson is really pushing the boundaries on this. Some women really struggle with the depletion of hormones. Some have committed suicide through being misdiagnosed with depression and the medication doesn't work. Unfortunately, not many doctors are up to speed on how important these hormones are to women's well-being she has developed a balance app for women to use this balance app again to use free of charge it has loads of research on the different symptoms and you can log your symptoms and produce the reports take to your dp thank you for that d yeah, I think, wasn't it a few months ago that there's been such an uptake on hormone replacement therapy and the oestrogen gel uh, that the producers haven't been able to keep up with demand? And uh, I think I heard stories about basically this black market springing up overnight and women sort of meeting in car parks <laughs> to swap oestrogen gel and sell oestrogen gel because we're literally sort of that, like, don't, I need it, you know, because it does make you feel that good. Yeah. Now, we mentioned earlier HRT is not for everybody and uh, we had an, an incredible story from somebody that I know that she messaged me privately about this and uh, it's quite a long story so I'd love you to bear with this but uh, Annette's going to read this out for us Okay, so following a breast cancer diagnosis where the biopsy found the cancer was fueled by oestrogen I was put on medication called tamoxifen which blocks the oestrogen receptors Hitting my late 40s I was also knocking on the door to perimenopause the tamoxifen, along with natural ageing process, enhanced the symptoms of menopause and it threw me into quite an aggressive perimenopause. My symptoms? 
joint pain and stiffness in most of my joints, muscle ache, pain, muscle pain, dry mouth and a metallic taste in my mouth, hot flushes and night sweats. I also had cold sweats, headaches, dizziness, vertigo, brain fog, insomnia, fatigue, itching and crawling skin that drove me crazy, anxiety, bursting into tears, digestive issues, dry eyes. These are the main issues that come to mind. The insomnia became so bad I hardly slept for six weeks. I had to have time off work. I had an appointment with the menopause GP and with the oncology department, but I wasn't allowed to go on to HRT or any herbal products because of the tamoxifen and the high risk of oestrogen breast cancer. I thought I was going crazy and didn't know how much more I could take. The GP put me on a low dose of gabapentin, which helped me sleep, and also citalopram for hot and cold sweats to help regulate my hypothalamus. I did some research and came across a plant-based diet, CBD oil, tapping technique, meditation. I cut out alcohol completely. I use aromatherapy oils and organic jojoba oil for my skin. I also walk in the countryside, use acupressure points and dancing. I also have soya in everything. I've subscribed to audiobooks and I listen to Harry Potter while I'm attempting to nod off. And on my Instagram account, I follow the menopause doctor, Dr. Louise Newson, Dr. Naomi Potter and Davina McCall, who make complete sense about the menopause. And fortunately, I realised I wasn't going mad. It took a few weeks for all of these uh, other therapies to work, but I now call all these alternative therapies my first aid kit and all of my symptoms have reduced quite considerably and allow me to function better. My advice to anybody that can't take HRT, listen to your body. Take quality time for yourself. Eat healthy and seek help from an expert. It's an amazing story, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it sort of breaks my heart when I listen to those symptoms and I just know that, you know, this individual, I don't know who this is, but all that, you know, so much suffering. That's suffering. Mm -hmm. I think that's suffering. I mean, it's impacting on your everyday life in a big way. Absolutely. And uh, for her, she couldn't take HRT. And we're going to have a short break for music in a second. Um, But yeah, she's obviously taken on board what she can do. And that's absolutely. an amazing attitude. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, I've known I've known this lady for a, a number of years, and I, I've seen her go through a number of these things. And I see her regularly now, and she's one of the happiest people I see. Yeah, it, you know, there's so many things that you can do to help yourself. Yeah, there really are. We're going to have a quick break for music. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of, as we've heard here, some of all the different sim- uh, solutions that you can do. <laughs>
beautiful blue skies out here today in Bath. There's a summer of 69, or as I like to call it at the moment, the summer of 23. We're almost in summertime. It's quite nice, isn't it? So here today with Annette Petit talking about the menopause. Uh, we've spoken about myths. We've spoken about um, symptoms, about your personal journey as well. Going to talk about what some of the, p- the solutions could be for you. Now, again, I want to state neither of us are medical experts in any way, shape or form. This is just down to the research that we've done and also Annette's personal journey as well. So we're going to go through a few of them and then talk about HRT at the very end. So non-hormonal medications, such medication as serotonin and all of that. Okay, we can kind of go down that route. Vaginal estrogen. I don't really know a great deal about that. I think it's just a topical application of estrogen to the specific area to help with symptoms around your vagina area. Okay. Uh, lifestyle changes. We mentioned that before the break, that amazing story as well about making those lifestyle changes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important for everybody to take on. You know, uh, lifestyle changes, what your diet, what you eat, what you put in your body, and the exercise that you do, it's all absolutely critical. There's no point in doing one type of therapy without you know complimenting it like i think that exercise is as important as my hrt and it's it's amazing that um we look at these lifestyle changes to try and make ourselves in a happier place because of the menopause let's face it why don't we do it for normal health health I've, I've got here, you know, it's like practicing relaxation and meditation, exercise regularly, maintain a healthy diet, hydrate. Let's just face it, anybody should do that, really. We should all be doing <laughs> we that. We should all be doing that. Um, there's got here as well complementary and alternative therapies, things like acupuncture and some herbal su- supplement as well uh, and hypnosis mindfulness all of those as well now uh, the big one of course for lots of people is hrt um as we mentioned earlier it did have quite some bad press many many years ago um and i believe it used to be made out of is it horses we pregnant mares urine beautiful mm. i think that was back in the 30s wasn't it even um, even later i think really? i think that study that was done they that was the product they were using at that time so that's not what you're on no i'm on body identical hormones made from things like yams okay um so hrt so there are the three main hormones aren't there let's just quickly go over what they are again yeah they're what they call the three main sex hormones um so they're the estrogen the progesterone and then the testosterone obviously men produce mainly testosterone they do go through their own menopause in terms of i don't know if that's what you call it for men but um you know they they have a depletion of testosterone uh we have a depletion of our sex hormones estrogen progesterone and testosterone i believe it's called andropause 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 for men yes but it's much less dramatic in men it's apparently one percent per year or something like that i think obviously for the majority of men but i imagine there's probably some men that have perhaps a greater decrease and might suffer some symptoms themselves yeah absolutely um now hrt comes in and again the research that i've done it can be done in so many different ways yeah, I think there's lots of products that are available. You can use a spray, you can use a gel, you can use a patch. Uh, I think they're all good. You just have to find the one that suits you. And often quite 
you start on a like a particular dose and then you'd go up a dose or go down a dose and just kind of it gets monitored of course by your gps not by myself and annette on radio bath i'd like to point that out again yeah i think like anything like your hormones fluctuate during a cycle like sometimes you might find that you need to increase your hormone levels uh, and then other times especially the estrogen i think is the one um and then other times you might want to decrease it so i think you you become quite adept at reading your own body and thinking actually i need a bit more uh what we call in our household the happy gel (laughs) need a bit more happy gel love (laughs) um yeah so i think like anything like you could manage it with your diet by eating estrogen rich foods uh, and you can manage it by using estrogen gels or or sprays and testosterone is the last one there now most people would think if we think about testosterone about bodybuilders and men going like that but of course it is one of the hormones for ladies as well yeah you know uh, all three hormones are present in our natural system i was interested in replacing my hormones so i did the research on all three hormones uh, and i decided to replace all three um so I started with estrogen and progesterone under the guidance of my um, gynecologist specialist uh, and I settled in quite quickly with that and found that my symptoms were sort of very quickly alleviating in terms of um, I was sleeping very well at night, my brain fog was lifting, my, my memory was definitely improving. I just came back to feeling like myself um, and then after I sorted that, those sort of levels out, um, I started the testosterone which I have to get from by private prescription because it's not generally available on the NHS at the moment. It is in some countries like Australia, but the NHS haven't licensed it for use in women uh, yet. No, it's called off-licence. Um, now, there are lots of products that, again, just doing the research, that are, are off-licence. So things like lots of uh, things for pregnant ladies are off-licence because you can't really do tests on pregnant ladies. Um, so testosterone for HRT in the UK at the moment is known as off-licence, and some GPs are happy to prescribe it and others not so much. So it could be available, and I think as research goes forwards, I think it might become available. Yeah, I think so. I think as more and more anecdotes come out about how how good people are feeling and I personally think how well potentially half the population in the UK is going to become because the health benefits are much wider than just these symptoms um, so yeah, all I can say is I started the testosterone uh, in the dose that was prescribed by my specialist and at first I wasn't sure if it was really doing anything I noticed a difference with the estrogen and progesterone but not so much with testosterone but I think six months later I started to think ah yes it, it just feels like it sort of was pulling everything together and tightening it all up it was like the final sort of little couple of jigsaw puzzles were slotting into place i've heard it described as the icing on the cake yeah i would say that's probably true now lots of people have had um horror stories from so i can think of a a lady i was chatting to the other day that's in her mid 40s i was chatting to her she was saying about symptoms that she had i thought well it's really obvious you are in perimenopause are you teaching taking hrt and her answer to that was i'm not because i saw what it did to my mum and my mum had some bad side effects about it so there are other side effects to hrt as well i i i would imagine like any medication there are side effects um i think that's probably a really individual journey for each person myself i haven't had any 
No. Only really good side effects, i.e. I've got myself back and I feel great. Yeah. Okay. And it does work for some people. And it might have been that uh, this particular person's mum was maybe on old type of HRT. I would have said so, guessing on the age range. Yeah, quite possibly. And also that they had, um, you know, the advice now, I would suggest, is much better than it was maybe 20, 30 years ago. I think that's just true across the board for everything, isn't it? We've got so much information at our fingertips now. There are so many brilliant things you can research very quickly and easily on the internet with these um, doctors that have been mentioned before. Um, So many great resources that you can easily get your hands on now. It's yeah, and if you're if you can't remember any of the doctors' names, probably the easiest person's name to remember is Davina McCall. If you and if you type in Davina McCall and the menopause, it brings up an enormous amount of stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Now we're gonna have a quick break for for the adverts. When we come back, we're gonna talk about not just the menopause and men, but the menopause and everyone. So uh, we're gonna have a quick break, and then we'll come back after this. <laughs> There's Brian Adams and, sadly, no longer with us, Tina Turner. And it's only love. So, yeah, sadly passed away last night. Bless her cotton socks. 83. She had a good innings, as they say. Uh, we had a message from one of the stories that we read out, the, lo- the lovely long story. She said, what an amazing show. Thank you for reading my story. And I hope it helps someone in a similar situation. She's got lots of smiley faces on there, which is, which is really, really nice. So uh, we're now talking about menopause and men. Now, you may be aware of this. I... I'm a man. It is, it is true. I am a man. I'm not going to go through the menopause. I'm aware of that. So therefore, this doesn't affect me, Annette, does it? Uh, wrong, Richard. Why is that? Well, you belong in a family oh, and a yeah. community. And, you know, as a teenage boy, I imagine you might have been at a similar time that your mother was going through menopause. Yeah, let's look, let's look at that scenario. So you've got teenagers, be it boy or girl going through puberty and quite often their mums are going through the menopause at the same time mm. what a happy household that will be it's a fun ride <laughs> a fun ride what a beautiful way of saying about it but yeah let's let's face it we're all going to be affected by the menopause whether it's our sister our mother our grandmother our partner um whatever it may be we're all going to be affected by the menopause so these are kind of four different ways in which kind of men are definitely going to be affected by it. And I'm going to specify just men on this occasion. So first of all, emotional and psychological support, or if you're gay, of course, your partner as well. Okay, so emotional and psychological support. How can men or partners help in that regard, Annette? Well, I think always understanding is the first thing. You know, if you understand what your partner is going through, you're going to be so much more empathetic to that process. And we know that, you know, traditionally men aren't necessarily as empathetic as ladies, should we say, mm. might have been said on the odd occasion in the past. But I suppose things like mood swings, irritability, absolutely, all of those things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think for some people, you know, we all know that we hear about premenstrual tension, PMT uh, and that mood swings can often occur before just before the period arrives and i think it's fair to say that uh, menopause just exacerbates all of those things yeah i've heard that you know going through the menopause and having pmt pms at the same time is an incredible combination oh yeah <laughs> yeah and i've seen friends suffering from that you know and actually me myself i've got friends that are all ages younger than me older than me and you know i can remember with some particular friends going through a stage where i was getting really frustrated with like 
them and their attitudes and their outlooks and almost to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm going to not be friends with you anymore. And then it occurred to me that they were actually going through menopause and that probably the depression and anxiety that they were going through actually weren't things that they could necessarily help. And as soon as I realized that I had that understanding, it clicked as like, hang on a minute, of course I'm not going to give up on being their friend. I just need to understand what's happening. Yeah, knowing more about it, and that's why we're kind of doing this show today and Davina McCall's doing all of her broadcasting about it. And I was saying earlier that, you know, five years ago, I knew what the word menopause meant. Could I tell you any symptoms apart from, I think they get hot flushes and the periods stop? Not really, didn't really know much about it. And I was chatting to a teenager earlier on today and they were saying, actually, they knew much more about it. However, that was due to their own personal research and it wasn't taught at school in any way. Yeah, I think they were um I think they were probably talking about actually I think you were having a conversation with them and you were quite surprised at how much they knew yeah. about menopause, but I think the comment that they made was but the symptoms were just not at all clear. No, and you know, at school you get taught lots about puberty and what you're going to go through and that's the hormones coming in, but not necessarily about the hormones going out. Yeah, and as we've spoken about, those ho- those are that's a process that's probably already impacting on their lives because they're teenagers, probably in a household with female mothers. Absolutely. Now, big one for men. Let's go back to men or partners. Sexual changes. Then we're talking about sex at eleven thirty-seven on a Thursday morning here in Radio Bath. Um, but yeah, it can have a massive impact on that. I do mean. Uh, well, just f- regarding how, like, the libido and the process around it and how we kind of deal with all of those things. Yeah, I guess, again, it comes back to that understanding. I mean, uh, a low libido is something that I felt. That was one of my sort of main symptoms was an overnight drop in libido. Um, and that took me by surprise, actually. And it was a real sort of off a cliff edge change for me uh, and that's where the taking the testosterone has really helped okay amazing uh, lifestyle adjustments so we mentioned some of the symptoms earlier on so going through a few of them again so hot flash hot flushes and night sweats obviously that can then disrupt your sleep pattern which then has a knock-on effect of because you're tired you might be a little bit grouchy a bit moody um, and again just kind of understanding that side of it yeah, I mean, when they talk about hot sweats, for anybody that hasn't experienced those, fortunately, I haven't really experienced those. But I have um, I have uh, got friends that have had hot sweats, and they describe literally waking up in a swimming pool. We're not just talking a bit of light glowing here. We're talking about full-on water <laughs> evacuating from your body in a very short period of time. It is horrendous. Uh, it sounds horrendous. Um, and interestingly, with the lady that um, had her story here that I read out, cold sweats. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing myself. So, um, you know, I think there's just so many symptoms that we just don't even know the range and ourselves. Just, and just on the, the hot sweats, I know a couple that uh, I was helping dancing-wise. And uh, the, the, the partner out of them, the husband out of them, he was incredibly patient with the lady because he was like, you know, the trouble is, is that she'll have a shower, she'll get dressed, they're ready to go out, and then she has a hot flush. And she has to start the whole process again. Makeup comes off, back in the shower gets out and then of course you're running late and then that causes stress and anxiety around that and that's tough 
It's really tough. And, you know, lacking sleep, I mean, that's just horrible. You can't function with no sleep, let's be honest. I can't function with no sleep or lack of sleep. Uh, and I think that's one of the things, you know, obviously that's brought me back to feeling like myself because now I don't have my hokey pokey during the night <laughs> and I actually sleep. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, obviously I've had kids and I've been a busy mum, so those things haven't helped with that process. Um, but now that I don't do the hokey pokey, and I didn't realise how much that was impacting on me. And to, to wake up now after having like a year of solid nights of sleep, I feel amazing. <laughs> And you look amazing as Thanks. well, which is all good. Um, and this last one is for, for anybody that's not a lady, or actually I'd even go as far to say everybody, is the education side of it. Yeah. So read a book about it. The Davina McCall book, Menopausing, is a great book to read about it. Or you can get it on audio tape as well, listen to it while you're in the car. Uh, there's lots of other books and stuff about it as well. Just go onto the internet and type in menopause symptoms so you can start to understand from you know from anybody's perspective how it can affect you yeah and things like this Richard what you're doing today you know you've instigated this uh this discussion today and it's great to just bring it out into the community amongst local people and what I'm really hoping for from today is that I say at the very beginning my my thought process was is that ladies talk to ladies about this all of the time men don't talk about it with each other particularly and men and ladies definitely don't talk about it it just doesn't happen it's quite a taboo subject it doesn't happen yet yet is always the word i love the word yet and that's what we're hoping for from something like today is that men can actually say to their partner or anybody oh i was listening to something about the menopause and not saying i think you're menopausal because that's quite aggressive and that's going to create a a discussion shall we say um but just talking about the fact that you know bringing it into the topic will then make people actually talk about it and, 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 you know, there's been many instances, and I think um, is it Prince, Prince Harry and Prince William are great ones about talking. Let's talk mental health. If we talk about it, we can help. And menopause has started on that same process, and that's what this is all part of. We've got to talk. Everybody needs to talk, male, female, young, old. It doesn't matter. These are key things that are happening to the whole population. And we need to talk about them because that's the only way we're going to be able to help each other. Absolutely. And everybody is affected by this. So, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Have an open communication. Empathy, I think, is really, really key as well. And kind of a, a willingness to adapt to whatever situation might be happening and understand why it might be happening as well um, we're gonna have a quick break for music and when we come back even though we're talking about the menopause nobody gets away with a quick fire round oh, so, i'm looking uh, forward to it Richard. i know i'll let you know the first question so you can have an advance of what the first question is what is your favorite ice cream so don't know the answer or tell me the answer in a minute but that's going to be your first question back after this can buy me love Amazing song there. Happier by Ed Sheeran. Uh, Annette, thank you so much for coming in today. It's genuinely been one of the most enlightening two hours of my life. 
You're welcome. It's uh, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much for coming in. So uh, we're going to finish off with our quick fire round as we as we often do. Uh, so I've told you the first question already. It's the only one you know. Okay. So what is your favourite ice cream? Well, it's hokey pokey. You get it in New Zealand. I don't know if you get it here. But hokey pokey. I thought you were saying something different then. Yeah. No hokey pokey ice cream. Uh, it's vanilla ice cream, I think, with um, the um, crunchy bits in it. Okay. Honeycomb. Honeycomb. Hokey pokey ice cream. Yeah, right. do you not have that here? I've, I've never heard of it. Oh, that doesn't it's mean good ice cream. And the trouble is, it's unlikely to be imported. Mm. It's very unlikely. Might might suffer on the journey a little bit. But, uh, I think they import new ice cream from New Zealand. That's wrong anyway. The, the global footprint on that is wrong. I disagree with that. <laughs> so you'll just have to all go to New Zealand. That is the only way to eat hokey pokey ice cream is to pop, just pop to New Zealand. Right. Are you tidy or messy? Mostly tidy. Sometimes messy. <laughs> uh, do you love or hate roller coasters? I used to love them, but yeah. then I went to Alton Towers okay. and felt really seasick. Yeah. I take the uh, travel sickness pills whenever I go to Alton Towers. Yeah. I think I probably would take the travel sickness p- pills so that I can still do the, yeah. the roller coasters. It's exactly what I do. I mean, Disneyland, love it. Yeah. I need to get back to Disneyland. Haven't been for a long time. Uh, excluding social media, so no messaging, no Twitter, Facebook, none of that type of stuff, or music apps. Do you have a favourite app or game on your phone? Uh, Audible. Audible. Well, that's still kind of sounding... That's books. That's books. Is there something you while away the time on? Is there a, a terrible game that you're embarrassed to talk about, basically, I, I, is what I'm uh, looking I for? I don't, actually. You don't? No, no. that's OK. Sorry. That's all right. You can, you can be... Clever and nice and all of that at the same time. That's fine. I don't mind. It's all good. Uh, do you make your bed in the morning? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I mean, I'm 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 the one that makes the bed and puts all the pillows on Just, and makes it look all pretty. Yeah. And uh, and my partner's there going, what a waste of time. But oh. um, yeah. I was just about to ask follow up question. Are there any cushions? But you've yes. already said that. So uh, definitely cushions. What is your favourite breakfast? Uh Muesli with yogurt. Oh, healthy. And fruit. Healthy, very good. Mm, yeah. Any particular fruit? Blueberries and raspberries. It's always a favourite, the blueberries mm, one. So, so good. So what is your go-to karaoke song, if you had to do it? Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, I shy away from that. That's not good. <laughs> it's not pretty. I don't have a go-to karaoke song. I think, yeah, it's not pretty. I, don't ever ask me to do karaoke. I had the pleasure of doing it when we were away in Morocco recently, and I was uh, I was encouraged, not forced, but encouraged to do it. And I, I'm, I teach on stage all the time. I do a radio show. I'm very used to talking and doing all this type of stuff. It's one of the most nerve-wracking things I've done in my entire life, stand in front of a group of strangers and sing a song. I have spent my sort of entire life trying to figure out if I did have to do karaoke, what song I would choose. Okay. And I'm 50 and I still haven't got the answer. You still answer. don't know. Fair enough. Uh, Favourite TV programme or film? Oh, there's so many. I do love a film. Um, oh, I don't know. Oh, that's put me on the spot. Um, I know. Favourite TV programme. Well, I, I, I've just recently watched that uh, Mayor of East Town, which was Kate Winslet, and I really enjoyed that. Mayor of East Town. Yeah. Okay, I'm definitely going to have a little listen, look at that. Um, it sounds much more like a Zoe one, if I'm honest, rather than me, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll it was good. And it was good. It was, you know, yeah, I'd liked it. It was good. Mayor of East Town. It's a, it's a whodunit sort of. Okay. Yeah, th- thriller. I don't know, murder. Yeah, sort of murder. Uh, whodunit. She's a detective, I think, or yeah. Okay. But oh, she, so, okay. Kate Windsor, I have to say, is excellent. 
I, do you know what? I'm going to try and have a watch of that. You On your recommendation, Annette, I it's, really am. It's, it's, it's a programme that I've watched and it had me sort of properly laughing, belly laughing. Okay. Uh, the humour just got me right right in. I don't know what it was, but, you know, so I laugh, some things are funny, but this one was like, yeah, proper, I was laughing out loud. Now, just to prove... I do take notice. I've just written it down on my phone. Well done. Okay, so I'm I'm now going to try and watch that. I think it's mayor as an I, I can't, uh, like as an horse, female horse, okay. mayor of East Town. Not as in the mayor of Chippenham, for instance. That, not that, that. Not that one. No. Okay. Last question then for you, Annette, and that is: if you came back in your next life as an animal, which one would you be and why? Well, probably a dog. A dog. Um, okay. Yeah. Love a dog. Love dogs. Love the companion. I mean, dogs have a fantastic fantastic life don't they certainly my dog does she gets to do whatever she wants when she wants she is the princess i mean she's she's just living luxury life of luxury and she's always happy so yeah i'm up for that she's surrounded by happy people by the sounds of it as well yeah which is which is all good um annette thank you so much for being so honest and open today um hopefully we've touched some people in a way which makes them think about it at least um as always which i've said right throughout the whole two hours uh, neither myself or annette are medical experts in any way if you are having any of these symptoms or any thoughts about this whatsoever go online get the balance app um, go and see your gp talk to people about it that's kind of why we're doing this it's not us saying you should do x y and z please make sure you take your own independent advice of course but annette i think it's been amazing thank you so much coming into radio bath today hope you've enjoyed it i have thank you richard and thanks for starting the conversation that's my pleasure we'll be back after this this is radio bath 